welcome to Soulmates Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel. Last week, <laughs> technical difficulties, we're sorry. Yeah, we recorded a, a secret episode in which we were speaking very softly, and yeah. <laughs> it was too soft. So soft that, yeah, it just, we, you couldn't even hear what we were saying. <laughs> so that will be um, re-recorded and released at a later date. But today, we're going to do our final episode of 2019. It is a very short year in review for us. We're just going to talk about our favorite things from the year and what we're looking forward to in 2020. So we will start off our episode by talking about our top 10 K-pop songs this year. And I will have these in a playlist that will be linked on the episode description, as well as on our Facebook page. And it is on our Spotify also. <laughs> so, because Rachel and I have similar tastes, some of the songs that are on mine are also on hers. Yeah. Keep that in mind. <laughs> we aren't the same, but we're allowed to be similar. <laughs> yeah, just similar enough. So my top ten songs, in no particular order, but I will start off with my favorite song of the year. Badster by Hyo, or Hyoyeon. Such an amazing song. I love that. A very good song. No by CLC. Highway to Heaven by NCT 127. Super Clap by Super Junior. Bomb by Alexa. Boom by NCT Dream. Noir by Soonmi. Want by Taemin. Oompa Oompa by Red Velvet. And Let's Go Everywhere by Super M. See, there's some boy songs on there. <laughs> Very good choices. I definitely agree with the quality of all of these songs. I was surprised you put Oompa on here because, I don't know, Red Velvet hasn't really been doing it for me super a lot lately. Not enough to get on my top ten, but Oompa Oompa was a good song. Just not enough to be on my top ten. I secretly am, like, really in love with that song. Really? <laughs> yeah. I haven't been talking about it, but I've definitely been listening to it a lot. Oh, very nice. And I definitely think Noir by uh, Soon Me was a very unique song this year, definitely. Really great music video. Yeah, definitely a trend-setting song. Yeah. Although most of Soon Me stuff is trend-setting. So. She is a trend-setter. Hashtag influencer. Hashtag it girl. That is Soon Me. <laughs> that is definitely Soon Me. So my top 10 K-pop songs, I actually do have an order, and they are Face by Woosung, Boy With Love featuring Halsey by BTS, Badster by Hyo, Drip by Hanapia, Deja Vu by Dreamcatcher, Moonwalk by Wavy, Superclap by Super Junior, Binu by BB, Boogie Up by WJSN or Cosmic Girls. And Feng Shui by Jay Park and Cha Cha Malone. I'm not surprised at any of these, except you really like that Hilnafia song that much. Oh my god, like, yeah. That's like brand new, too. It's like, drip, 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 drip. It makes me think of like a leaky faucet. Yeah. It's a leaky faucet that gets stuck in your head. Oh my god, guys, one time I was at this bar called Mothers, and we were right under the AC unit, and I got dripped on. It was so disgusting, I never went back. Ew. So when they're like, drip, 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 I have a Vietnam flashback to that. <laughs> to me trying to eat and then getting dripped on by an AC unit oh, in no. a dirty-ass bar. A song that I think would be like an honorable mention for me would be Adios by 
Everglow, that song like really popped off. I feel like Everglow is like really becoming a thing now. Yeah, I definitely think so too. They're a group that's definitely coming into their own, so. Any honorable mentions that you liked, but didn't really make your top 10? I would say probably Let's Go Everywhere would be one for me because it's just such a fucking good song. It's a shiny song. It's it's yeah. a really good song. This song grew on me because initially I was like, I don't know if this is for me, but Who That Be by Jesse, like, I don't know. It grew on me. At first I was like, I don't know if I really like the flow of this. And then I kept listening to it and I was like, who that be? Especially when she references it again in uh, her song Drip with Jay Park. I'm just like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> what were your top three dramas slash movies slash shows? <laughs> so my number one is not anything we've talked about, but something that is very popular right now, which is the Demon Slayer anime. And they are scheduled to be coming out with an OVA of some sort to wrap up the show in lieu of a season two at this point, which I do not agree with because I just think it's so popular and good. They should just do a season two, but I'll hold my breath. So maybe the OVA will have something. I mean, it's obviously not as satisfying as the second season, but it's like trying to wrap up every plot line. I just feel like... It's it's going to be so hard to do because the plot is so expansive already. Like, well, I'm not saying to one piece it, but I want a second season. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> My second was actually Arthdoll Chronicles, which is on Netflix, and this was a surprise for me because when we first started watching it, it was so fucking confusing. We had to read episode summaries to understand what was going on. It, it is literally Korean Game of Thrones, but I do think the show is very unique. There's a lot of story building and world building and lots of interesting, unique characters. It's a good story. I have not finished the first season that they have created, but I just think it, ha it has a lot of highs and a lot of low lows that I was not expecting from a K-drama, but it really makes you think, makes you feel, uh, you get really invested in the characters. It's just a good show all around. So if you have time to watch Arthur Chronicles, it is quite a commitment. It's about an hour and 15 minutes per episode, and I highly recommend reading the plot summaries for the, at least the first three or four episodes so you can get abreast of all the shit they're throwing at you. But once you get past that, it's a really good TV show. And I'm honestly surprised with the quality of show that they were able to come out with. It's definitely a very ambitious TV show mm -hmm. for a Korean TV show. Yeah. For it's sure. not like it's HBO, you know, this is like NBC. My third favorite show of the year was actually a J drama called Million Yen Women. And we actually talked about this too on the podcast, but. It's essentially about this male writer who wakes up one day and has mysterious women suddenly entering his life and living in his house. And they each pay him a million yen per month, which is roughly like, what, $100,000? It's a lot. It's a lot of money per month. More than you would pay for a shared room in a house in Tokyo. It's a huge mystery, essentially. And I just think the ending is very, sh is very shocking and unexpected. So I really liked this show, and it's very different from, like, your slice of life, your romantic comedy, your romantic drama type of thing. 
it's definitely a thriller slash mystery J drama, which I feel like is not what we see very often. Kind of like how W took us by surprise as a K drama. It just like the whole thing got flipped on its head and we were left guessing about what was going to happen. This is definitely a show for adults. Yes. Not for kids. No, <laughs> definitely not for, for kids. adults, which is good. I think sometimes things can be, for lack of a better term, tame. This doesn't pull any punches. Yeah, I would say only let your kids watch Demon Slayer with you, honestly. Arthur Chronicles has a lot of dark topics and suicide and things like that, so don't watch that with your kids either. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you wouldn't watch Game of Thrones with your kids. Please don't watch Game of Thrones with your kids. Do not watch Game of Thrones with your kids. So my top three were Hotel de Luna, which is a K-drama starring IU, and she's basically this otherworldly supernatural woman, and she runs a hotel for ghosts, <laughs> pretty much. That's and, cool. Yeah, and, and she has to run it with this human dude, and that's the, the premise, and it's good. The music for it is really good. Mm. I definitely recommend it. My second choice is Food Wars. It is on its last season. I really like that anime. <laughs> By the time this episode comes out, it should be complete. So if you've been holding out, you should definitely watch it. I really, really, really enjoy the food technique portions of it. The fan service is a lot, but overall, it's more about cooking at the heart of the show and more about friendship than about boobs. Yeah, I honestly feel like as someone who has not watched all of it, the fan servicey portions of it are a very small portion of the show, and don't let that dissuade you from actually watching it. Because even when they have those fan servicey sections, it's rarely like overtly sexual in the show. Like in the breakaway scene, it's sexual, but in the show, they're not like sleeping with anyone or aroused by anyone. They're literally aroused by the food, which I think is hysterical. So they literally have food gasms. Yeah. <laughs> I like to say it's set in an alternate reality where everyone really, really, really cares about food. Like, that is it. It's the top of everyone's mind. Everyone cares about gourmet food. No one cares about health food in this world. Yeah. And if something is so good, like, you can't lie. It just is good. And you're forced to be like, oh my god, it's so good. And your clothes literally fall off of how good it is. And my last um, media piece did not come out this year, but I still really, 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 really enjoyed it this year. It is The Handmaiden, and that is a Korean movie, and that is a mystery. It's a, a movie with multiple point of views, and it, it twists and turns, and it's so good, and it has a really good lesbian romance. <laughs> I really, really liked it. It did not come out this year, but it is definitely worth a watch. So watch it. Don't watch it with your kids. <laughs> Not something to watch with your kids. You should watch Rilakkuma and Kaoru with your kids. That is a very good children's show. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap up our episode by talking about our predictions for 2020 and what you're looking forward to actually in 2020 and the upcoming decade because oh my God. this decade is now done. The 2010s are over. <laughs> which is both terrifying and exciting. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, in 2010, we just started college. Yep. And now we have jobs. And now oh. we're here. <laughs> o old and crusty. So I guess maybe it's a little before 2020, but it's before we're recording this. 
um, CL's album is finally going to drop because she is leaving YG. So I'm looking forward to, in 2020, a liberated CL, her doing what she wants and her doing, like, promotions and shit other than just on Instagram. Yes. I'm so ready for that, and I'm so ready for the P Nation multimedia company that Psy owns to keep growing and signing more artists because the success of his company has really been shown just in the way that Jesse and Hyena and Edon they seem like they have so much more creative freedom and they are so much happier because they can live their lives how they want to and have creative say in what they release. They don't have to be shoved into the box that the entertainment company is shoving them into. So I'm looking forward to more content from all of those artists, as well as more artists to be signed onto P Nation. Because I think his company is the way of the future, and all these other big companies need to step the fucking line. Other music releases I'm looking forward to. I really hope that Taemin can release more music, but I feel like next year he might be enlisted later in the year. No! I I don't know. I don't know yet, but I feel like that's coming up. I hope Super M can release more music. Yeah. I've enjoyed what they've put out so far, and I really, really enjoyed their Korean air ad. (laughs) I stand Korean Airlines. That shit is legit. (laughs) (laughs) I think that... We're going to get even more K-pop groups touring the United States. I think we're going to get even more collaboration and features with Western artists on K-pop songs and vice versa. I think it's going to be like the year of some pop star has a song, like Ariana Grande has a song, and featuring Rap Monster of BTS, or like featuring Blackpink, you know, hopefully Blackpink. I'm really hoping Blackpink can release more music. Fans of Blackpink are fucking pissed that they haven't been releasing music. Yeah. I'm definitely hoping for more from Blackpink also. And I definitely think a decade trend is that K-pop is here to stay, Mm -hmm. y'all. K-pop has finally infiltrated in a meaningful way with BTS and all the collaborations that have happened through that. We are making progress (laughs) And I feel like it's inevitable for the industry to keep growing in the United States. I mean, it makes them money, so both parties are happy. I'm thinking back to, like, the first Western collaboration song I ever heard, and it was on the radio very briefly. It was Like Money by the Wonder Girls and Akon. Yeah. Look how far we've come. We've come so far, y'all. Yeah, there was that... And Psy released a song with Snoop Dogg forever ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hangover. I remember my mom telling me that she saw a Korean girl group on a late night show, and I believe that was when Girls' Generation was on David Letterman. And I was just like, what? What? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) At the time, we were not watching cable. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. This was really before corporate shows and brands had YouTube channels. Yeah. I was just floored when my mom told me that at the time, and we've come to the point where BTS is winning awards and American Music Awards, and we are breaking into the market, finally, and I feel like the popularity of these, like, K-pop music stores and concerts are going to become more available and more widespread. It's not just going to be, like, a concert in 
San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, and home. We have gone to a lot of concerts lately because people are starting to come to Miami, starting to come to Atlanta. I'm waiting for Tampa or Orlando. Please come to Orlando. (laughs) But we're getting there. We're getting there slowly but surely, and it's really exciting because they wouldn't be coming to more places if they weren't making money and being popular. Mm -hmm. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Yay for that. I do hope a trend in the 2020s is that the artists and actors in South Korea start having more rights as workers. I hope they unionize. I hope they unionize too, because honestly, the treatment of the employees is so bad sometimes. And as fans, you feel helpless and trapped between a rock and a hard place. Because if you don't support them, then they won't be successful and they won't make money. But if you do support them, then you're supporting the managers, too, that are treating them so horribly and making them do grueling schedules. It just feels like an impossible situation. So all we can do is raise awareness about it and hope that it becomes something that is voted on in South Korea. They are a democracy. Hopefully it becomes something like that or there's enough legal action taken that these contracts get fixed. And... If you listen to our latest podcast where we talked about new contract laws being put into place, those will help, but it is not enough. We cannot stop there. It has to keep getting better. Every SM entertainer needs to unionize for better working hours and better wages. Every YG desperately needs to unionize for better treatment, for better contracts, for I don't know, getting out songs or being let out of contracts early if it's not working out instead of them throwing them in the YG basement. Poor CL got trapped for years, which did who knows how much damage. It totally killed her momentum. It totally killed her, yeah, her career momentum for years because YG had a stick up his ass. Honestly, like, I don't see any other reason. I mean, I remember when she came out with Hello Bitches, everyone was so ready and then just nothing for literally four years so yeah we love you (laughs) we do love you we're so ready we're ready come to florida please please i saw her when she was on her solo tour like way back when she came to atlanta it was cool but i would really like her to like do another tour to promote her new album so also another artist i'm hoping comes out with an album sigh yeah, it's been a while since we've heard from Sai. He always makes really good albums. Yeah. Some people like to forget, but he was an underground rapper for more than, like, half of his career. He's more than just a funny music video. He's, like, a seriously good rapper, and he knows what he's doing, and now he owns his own entertainment company. I know you're probably busy, but I'd really like a song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a good entertainer. He's a dad of twin girls. He is a good businessman. Like, this guy has got it going on. And it just goes to show you that even though you might be like us in your late 20s feeling like you're trapped or lost or it's hopeless and you'll never find the right thing, Cy didn't really break it or make it until he was in his late 30s, early 40s. So Mm -hmm. it's there. You have to wait sometimes, but success will come if you... Put in the time. If you do the hard work, success will come. And we have to believe that so we don't curl into a ball of sadness and give up life. (laughs) I predict there's going to be even more places selling physical K-pop CDs. Hell yeah. When have you seen someone buy a physical CD? I have not seen 
anyone buy any sort of CD unless it was K-pop. Those girls be buying like five or six albums. And it's because the packaging is really nice and usually comes with something else. I feel like American music companies undersell themselves by releasing the same plastic case we've seen for 20 years. Yeah. you That is not going to sell the product at all. K-pop CDs, there's a market. If there wasn't, then the K-pop stores we've been to wouldn't be doing so well. Yeah, and I mean, there's a bunch of other merch they can buy, too. When's the last time you saw someone buy, like, a band poster or, like, a wall scroll? When's the last time you've seen an Ariana Grande mug? Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of stuff they sell, or an Ariana Grande glow stick. That's another huge market, too. I'm really shocked that American artists haven't picked up on the the glow stick things. It's, like, the easiest way to get the crowd involved in your show. Totally. Miss Ariana, (laughs) buy some glow sticks. Put your face on a mug. We want it. Want to drip out of my Ariana Grande cup. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Any final predictions? I predict that more girl group songs will come out next year that we'll like. (laughs) I actually predict that we're going to see more of English in every single K-pop song that's released. Or we are going to see a strictly English version released and a strictly Korean version released more often because they're trying to tap into the American market and they've realized that doing songs almost entirely in English or with a lot more English than just a few words in the chorus has been successful. I'll one-up you on that. I think we're going to see a lot more Mandarin songs. I think that too. I think that we're going to see a lot of songs in different languages. I have a feeling that other countries will try to tap into this market more. Quote me on this, there's going to be a Spanish release. I feel like because they've been toying around with promotions in South America and sometimes they'll have a song like Mamacita or something, they'll have a little bit of Spanish. I'm guessing one group is going to fully go for it and do a full Spanish song. I would be into that. Yeah. Maybe Lollary, who has a Latino member, will release a song in Spanish. Who knows? The possibilities are endless. But yeah. More languages. Just like I said, I feel like maybe India is going to try to start breaking into the market, or Vietnam, or China is going to start breaking into it, because China has a bunch of musical artist groups, too. Their market, though, is not as international, but I feel like they're kind of waiting to see how South Korea does before they jump into it. Because honestly, like, there's not a whole lot of difference there except for the language that's being spoken. It's still hot guys dancing and singing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hot guys dancing and singing in every country could be marketable internationally. It's just that South Korea has really, really put their money where their mouth is on that initiative. So we'll see. We'll see. Let us know what your predictions are for 2020 and the 2020s, as well as what your top 10 songs and top three movies slash dramas slash shows were from 2019. We'd love to hear it. You can also leave us an audio recording on anchor.fm slash soulmates podcast. It's really cool. It's like leaving us a voicemail. Let us know what your top songs were or just like some favorite moments and we'll play it. It's really fun. I've done it. It's super fun. <laughs> Maybe I'll call in and be like, hey, it's me and my own podcast. <laughs> what up? It's your girl, Emily. <laughs> Play Badster. Oh my god. <laughs>
Rachel, what is your final K-pop recommendation for this year? My weekly recommendation is the song Talk To Me by Red Velvet, because I want you all to talk to me. (laughs) My weekly K-pop recommendation, the last one in 2019, is Bon Bon Chocolat by Everglow, because that shit snaps. That song pops off so much harder than it ever needed to. Unbelievably hard. With a name like Bon Bon Chocolate, they're like, would you like your face to melt? I know. (laughs) Like, that shit goes hard. It does. Everglow, if you could release more songs like that. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook.com slash Soulmates Podcast. You can find us on Tumblr at soulmatespodcast.tumblr.com. You can find us on Instagram at Soulmates Podcast. You can find us on YouTube at Soulmates Podcast. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. You can find our podcast anywhere you normally listen to podcasts, whatever platform you're listening on right now. Please subscribe, like, follow, whatever you have to do to be notified every single time we post an episode, which is normally every Friday, unless our audio fucks up, we are <laughs> we are dead, or there is a holiday. Yeah. And with that, we would like to wish you a happy 2020, happy new year. Yeah. And we will see you in January for our December K-pop roundup, so we can reflect just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. We'll see you later. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>